everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hate Read. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Every fortnight here on Hate Read, one of us challenges the other to read a book that we think they'll hate. This fortnight, I challenged Anna to read Message in a Bottle by Nicholas Sparks. Uh, so first things first, Anna, did you finish the book? I did. Great. It, I mm. <laughs> <laughs> Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts. I thought, and this is a spoiler for uh, the end of the summary of this book. I thought it was a joke that. I'm going to this... bleep that out. <laughs> Just bleep out the part that's a spoiler. So everybody has to listen to the end of the episode because I'm sure they can't figure out what happens in a Nicholas Sparks book. Well, it was so shoehorned in Mm -hmm. and so unnecessary that it really kind of gave me a little bit of whiplash. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this is actually why I picked um, Nicholas Sparks. I, you know, it didn't matter which Nicholas Sparks book, really, because they're basically all the same from the limited info I have. Yeah. So there's like a debate going around in on Twitter in kind of like the romance writing community. Yes, I was going to bring this up too. Yes, about like whether or not Nicholas Sparks counts as a romance writer, which like yes. on its face that seems kind of ridiculous because he's kind of known as being oh, he's like if you think rom like he's a name associated with romance books, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But like actually no, like pretty much everything he writes isn't I don't even know what it qualifies as, but yeah, it's not really romance because the point that a lot of people were trying to make was that um, romance novels, like the definitive thing that makes a romance novel, romance novel is that it has to have a happily ever after. Yes. And Nicholas Sparks is not into those. No, I don't know if he has a single one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Just again, like I haven't read any of his other books, but I've mm-hmm. seen some of the movies based on his other books, usually on accident. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't normally go searching for those. I'm usually like, oh, this looks like a nice romance movie on Netflix. I'll watch this. And then, you know, it's Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> Based on a novel by Nicholas right. Sparks. Like, Damn I it. get to the end and I'm like, oh my God, this seems like something Nicholas Sparks would write. And then it's like the credits and it's like based on the book by Nicholas Sparks. And I'm like, oh, well. Oh, well, shit. <laughs> that explains it. Why do so many of his books get made into movies? Like- I literally think all of them have been. I, you know, I don't, haven't checked that, but I feel like, because I intentionally tried to find one that wasn't a movie, mm-hmm. but this one's a movie. Like, I just mm-hmm. hadn't heard of it. <laughs> yeah, from like the 90s. Yeah. And I don't feel like any of them have really done well aside from the notebook right like there's um walk to remember oh oh you're right you're right yeah and then there was the miley cyrus one Mm-hmm. and wasn't and amanda then... seyfried in one i think so yeah but also i might be thinking of mama mia <laughs> <laughs> unrelated yeah <laughs> um wasn't there the zach efron one is yeah. that what you just said that's the charlie st cloud i think is that is that a nicholas sparks I or thought it, it was, but maybe seem not. like a Nicholas Sparks. It seems sad sack enough to be Nicholas yeah. Sparks. I don't know. But yeah, I think like you have to define it as like a a contemporary with romantic elements or like a romantic tragedy or something. Like you can't just straight up say it's a romance because that's not what people are expecting. Right. 
And I almost feel like it's kind of its own genre at this point of like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's a Nicholas Sparks book. Like what we were just saying, like Mm -hmm. Charlie St. Cloud. I don't know if that actually is a Nicholas Sparks book or not. Like, I don't know if he wrote that, but it's a Nicholas Sparks book, right? Yeah, I'd believe it if he did. (laughs) (laughs) Or was that was that one with uh, Robert Pattinson? uh, Oh, yeah. And 9-11. Was that a Nicholas Sparks book or is that a Nicholas Sparks book? Like, oh, it might be a Nicholas Sparks book. You're right. Like, I don't know if he actually wrote it, but it, he could have. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I guess we should kind of get into what happened in this book, although it's essentially nothing. If we must. Um, but oh, <laughs> so boring. It was so boring and a, then hilarious. It's so, Here's the other thing with this book. I Like I said, I've never read Nicholas Sparks, mm-hmm. and I thought he was a good writer. Like, I assumed he was... You would think after right? as many books as he'd written, but <laughs> it's no, it's not good. Like it's poorly written. It was like some if it was like Nicholas Sparks' editor called him up and he was like, "Yo, you have this many words to reach. Um, you have like this is your word count that you have mm-hmm. to reach, and if you don't, then we can't make this book into a movie." And so he like just started padding things out by being super repetitive. Yeah, and just like a lot of his phrasing was really confusing. Just in ter- mm-hmm. like I was like, why did you? F- Not like I didn't understand it, but like, why? Why did you phrase it that way? I don't, I don't get the word choice, and it was just like, yeah, very boring in mm-hmm. terms of style. And for a person who writes romantic books, like he's really bad at romantic dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's sex basically- scenes, man. Yeah, yeah, it was all like. Teresa and Garrett, this is how they, the two main characters, this is how they talk to each other. I miss you. Oh, I miss you too. Like, I just wanted to call you and tell you I missed you. Wow, thank you. I, I also miss you. I can't wait to see you. Do you miss me? Yeah, I miss you. Like, that was every conversation they had. <laughs> Which, like, literally every conversation, because like we said, there's not much plot to this book, so. No, no, no. Okay. Um. Golly. So I guess we can... Start we can dive into a summary. About it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Teresa, divorced, single mother of a twelve-year-old kid. Kevin hasn't had a relationship since the divorce. Hasn't had sex since the divorce. Uh, works as a columnist for the Boston Times and writes about parenting. She goes on vacation with her BFF slash boss Deanna. They go to Cape Cod. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they go to Cape Cod, and she goes jogging early in the morning. And while she's jogging, she spies a bottle. Inside the bottle is a message. That's the title of the book, Message in a Bottle. It is a letter written from someone named Garrett to his dead wife, Catherine. Well, but we don't know she's dead at this point. Oh, that's right. Because we just She's just gone from him. She's just gone from him. But the In a very note permanent I, way. The note I took for this was, this bitch better be dead, because if not, this is just hella creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the way, because, like, uh, what's her face? Teresa is like, oh, gosh, I don't know if, if she's dead or they've been separated. I just can't figure it out. There's no way to know. And I'm like, if she's not dead... This guy, I mean, like, I kind of got serial killer Run. vibes off of this letter anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was. Mm. But it was, I don't know if it's because we're living in a, like, post-Me Too era, but, like, this letter was not cute. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Well, and then, like, it was written in this, like, really highfalutin, yes. like, 
pretentious way. And then you meet the guy and he's nothing like that. And they never explain like why is Garrett such a such a sad sack writer, emo, yeah. poet wannabe. Yeah. And it, like, it's again the same thing. We've seen this in a couple other books. Like the one that springs to mind is, of course, one of our early episodes, The Perfect Letter by Chris mm, Harrison. So good. But it sets and I think a couple other books we've read have done this too. Like I think Da Vinci Code kinda does this, where it's like um informed genius sort of thing because Mm -hmm. she reads Mm -hmm. the letter and she gives it to her boss and they're both like it's the most beautiful thing I've ever read ever. They both cry. And I'm like this is not good though. So again it's that thing where it's like if you cannot write something astounding and beautiful maybe just say they read the letter and like don't actually put the letter in the book you know? (laughs) Don't go through the effort, like <laughs> because it didn't, it didn't, it didn't go well. <laughs> it wasn't great. It was not good. And like, so he over the course of this, we get to see like three or four letters from him. Mm-hmm. They're all like the same. Yeah, it's but like, he, y- if, <laughs> buddy. It's like it, Nicholas Sparks put like all these sad words in a in a letter generator and then it randomized three times and these are the letters that came out (laughs) yes it's so like let me see because i know i highlighted the third one like it it literally does though sound like a serial killer to me like it does not sound i thought like could you imagine these letters being written in clipped out letters mm, from magazines and newspapers (laughs) if this if i did not know that this was nicholas sparks writing this novel i would have been like oh the twist is going to be garrett killed Catherine. like (laughs) that would have been such a good book oh my god i'd read that okay so like the third it goes I'm going to try to find some, like, creepy serial killer music and put it behind this. Yes, do it. Without you in my arms, I feel an emptiness in my soul. I find myself searching the crowds for your face. I know it is an impossibility, but I cannot help myself. My my search for you is a never-ending quest that is doomed to fail. Like, so... Like, uh, it's so uh, gross. Till it's death like, do I us part, like we whispered so in the church, and I've come to believe that the words will ring true until the day finally comes when I, too, am taken from this world. Like, oh what God. is that? I feel like I need a shower. That was it's disgusting. So like, <laughs> I feel This is some out. criminal mind shit, man. Yeah, yeah. Garrett... <sighs> So they find this stupid ass letter and Deanna's boss is like, hey, you write a column about parenting. Let's publish this completely unrelated letter in your column. What? It's not a column for dead spouses. Uh, And this kind of gets towards the end of the book. Like if there had been, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. It didn't make any sense that they included this in her column and it didn't make any sense that people were into it because again it's not well written like no but apparently housewives everywhere are crying over this because Teresa gets a billion fan mails about it yeah one of the fans um calls in and she's like super creepy about it she's like who was that letter written by uh (laughs) I don't want to tell you you have to tell me who was it written by I need to know uh Garrett Oh my god, I have another letter of his. Why didn't you lead with that? Right. Like, just <laughs> like, be like, hey, I found a message in a bottle recent, or in the last couple of years. 
it was yeah. written from someone named Garrett to someone named Catherine. Is that who yours was addressed to? Like, yes. Why be are a you a normal person? About why it. are you being weird about this? It's not like yeah. it's some big conspiracy where if you tell her first, she's going to be like, oh, yeah, mine was definitely yeah. written by Garrett, too. Like, what would. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to Lost and Found to pick up a rando cell right. phone. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> very weird. And, very weird. And she like calls a hundred times. Well, not a hundred, but she calls a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And then each time she's like, "I'll wait on hold for an hour until I can talk to this woman." And Teresa's just like not answering her calls all day. It's like not that big of a deal. Like, calm down. Yeah, and and this was written in the '90s, so it was like before there were cell phones. So she was racking up her long distance bill, like just <laughs> because trying again, to tell this woman. This woman is like so obsessed with the writing in this letter like Mm -hmm. she's just like oh it's so beautiful and I wish someone loved like she takes it she's like she takes it out and reads it when her husband isn't like being yes that's so weird like a perfect husband I don't know I was like that's weird and creepy and just I felt like like, I've never told my husband I have yeah I'm like I feel like a lot of people in this book just need therapy (laughs) yeah mm -hmm. yeah they need to they just need to have some long conversations with somebody who can provide them some perspective (laughs) like like maybe you're just unhappy in your marriage (laughs) yeah yeah because this this is weird this is weird this is weird so this is the second letter, and Teresa's starting to get some, like, she's, like, kind of crushing on Garrett at this point. Which, which is totally also weird. blows my mind. Right. Yes. Um, and then, so she is like, maybe I can find more of these letters if I search the library catalog for messages and bottles. And I guess she looks up the equivalent equivalent of, like, LexisNexis. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that something we used in high school? I don't remember. Um, and she finds... What she thinks is another Garrett letter in a magazine called Yankee Magazine that did an article about messages and bottles. And so she coerces the author of the article to give her a copy of the letter. Because for some reason, again, he is, like, very attached to this letter and doesn't want it to get in the wrong hands or something. But also she's, like, not just like, oh, hey, I found another, like, letter that I think is from the same guy. Could you confirm this? She like. Why makes wouldn't she up- just tell the fucking truth? Right. Yeah. She like makes up this whole story. Like, um, we're trying to publish an article about messages and bottles, but like not the same thing you did. Like, just about where they end like up. Human interest. And like hum- but we want to add some human interest, so we wanted to publish the whole letter. And it's like, and she gives him three hundred of her own dollars for it. <laughs> I was so bewildered. But also, in the the research, when she's doing her research of mm-hmm. this, this also got into uh, what I consider to be Teresa's defining character trait, which is she just doesn't have time. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did they say that in this book? She's a mother. She, she doesn't, doesn't have, have time. time. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what. How? How does she not have time? Because every time. She doesn't have time for anything. It's like, it's like she wished she could hang out with her son more, but she just didn't have time. Or like, and then later it's like, she wished she could go to work events more, but she just didn't have time. And then like when she's researching this, it's like, she's like, well, she she could have searched in the whole text of the article or just in the headline. And she decided to just look in the headlines because she didn't have time. She just doesn't have any time. <laughs> like literally, 
entire book, everything is she doesn't have time. But like, Ugh. I don't know what she's doing that she doesn't have time for things because she's not hanging out with her because son. Because she does nothing in the book. Yeah. She's not hanging out with her son because her at one point, there's like a very specific point where like she asks Kevin something. That's the son. And who's 12 years old, by the way. So also, I'm like, how much time does a 12-year-old take? I'm not saying parenting isn't hard, but, like, it's not like she's, you know, like, feed, like bottle feeding him. And yeah, like, yeah, 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 you yeah. You know, he he's 12. He's doing his own things. He's going to soccer by himself, and she's picking him up and stuff. And I'm like, you know, the transport would take some of your time, but, like, <laughs> not all of it. And also, they make a point that Kevin is helping with chores around the house, so she's not, like... Just constantly doing housework. Right, And then also at one point she like asks Kevin a question and Kevin answers. And then it's like, oh, and then Kevin just went back to doing whatever it was he was doing. So she doesn't even know what her kid is doing. Like, (laughs) (laughs) what is she doing with her time? And she writes this one column, like one column a week, which again, Mm, I'm not 300 words. I'm not saying writing isn't hard, but like, right. What are you doing that you don't have time for anything? I don't understand. <laughs> she's busy ignoring phone calls and stalking a man that she's never met before. Yeah, because then she like full on just like straight up doxes this guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> At the insistence of her boss, yes. her best friend boss, who says, Teresa, you need to get out there more since the divorce and find a man that you think you'll like. So you should go find this guy, Garrett, mm-hmm. Which, because that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Clearly, this. Okay. So they find out that he's a diving instructor in Wilmington, North Carolina. If you remember, this woman works for the Boston Times, which is in Massachusetts. This book was definitely written by a man because no woman, no single woman from Boston <laughs> is going to go down to North Carolina yes. by herself to yes. meet a man that she's never even talked and to before. And then she goes out on a boat with him. Yes! <laughs> she was just asking to be killed. I really wish he was a serial killer now. She, he, so that when they, she finally meets up with him. She meets up, sees his boat that he repaired, this like ancient boat, and... Mm she's like oh I've never been sailing before he's like well do you want to go tonight and she's like sure and that's like the first conversation they have I'm like yes, no she wasn't afraid at all no woman would agree to that I said I would be like no we're gonna have coffee in the middle of the day in the most crowded <laughs> yes. cafe I can think of like what why Is are this- you agreeing to this you crazy person oh my gosh uh. but and then also can we talk about they're they're like Trying to figure out where in Wilmington this guy is, and mm. or which of the beaches near Wilmington. And they're like, maybe like Wrightsville Beach? She's like, Wrightsville Beach? I've never heard of that. So she searches for it on the internet, and the text, <laughs> it says she gets back three search results for, for Wrightsville Beach, which I thought was absolutely hysterical. <laughs> it was a different let time. Me, it was a let different me Google time. it right now. I'm going to Google it right now. I want to see how big the internet has grown since 1998. <laughs> I have about 4,800,000 results. <laughs> it was a different time. It was a Women weren't afraid time. of getting murdered on boats and the internet was smaller. It was in its infancy. <laughs> uh, but also, can we talk about real quick when she goes to find this guy and goes to his mm-hmm. shop and there's just like... Yeah, so he owns a scuba so diving yeah, shop. Yeah, he owns a scuba shop and he's just got like articles about himself on the wall. <laughs> like There's like five and I'm like... How? And we hear about all of them. Why? Why is anybody reporting on this stuff? I don't understand. Because the articles are like, man restores old boat. Like, why would <laughs> someone report that? That's weird. 
And he wants her to move to Wilmington to become a reporter. Right. So she, it's just because he wants someone to write articles about him. Yes, that was his long game the whole time. He murdered his wife. He wasn't wife. a serial killer, just no, a narcissist. No, he was. He murdered his wife so that he could send out these messages. So that a reporter would find them and publish them. So oh. that she would He's move playing. to Wilmington. He's playing, like, 4D chess. Like, it's the long con, man. Absolutely amazing. Garrett is truly a mastermind. <laughs> so, so, and then can we also, also, also can we talk about that when she goes and she meets Garrett for the first time, this whole book has been from Teresa's point of view. Yes, we oh get my god. the most awkward shift in point of view I've ever read in my life. It is literally uh. Teresa's point of view a line of dialogue, and then Garrett's point of view it was from like so then on jarring. out. I, well, it was but it, so it goes awkward. back and forth, and every time it feels jarring. But the first yes. time, I was just like, "Oh, we're doing this now." Yeah, in the middle of a chapter where we just have just met this man, right. this man character, and it was only so that Garrett could tell us how beautiful he thought Teresa yes, was, which was. Again, another sign <sighs> that a man wrote this book as oh, you yeah, texted because- me. Oh my god, we get a whole description on Teresa's boobs. <laughs> also, Let Catherine's, I think. This. We talk about her boobs. We talk about everyone's boobs, I think, in this book. Do we talk about Deanna's? Uh, probably. There's, okay, so I just searched breasts. There's five results in this book for breasts. <laughs> but the one I'm referring to are... <laughs> this is such a... It's like, the, it. it's, it's literally the really cliche thing that I feel like gets attributed to YA a lot more than like adult mm-hmm. fiction but it's like I was looked in the mirror yeah I was standing in a mirror and looked at myself and looked at my but like the first thing she's like is like she looked in the mirror and she had nice boobs no it was her breasts had always been smallish and though it had bothered her when she was younger she was glad now because they hadn't started to sag or droop like those of other women her age excuse me like fuck you man dude seriously which gets into the weird ageism thing with her where like because we find out garrett is four years younger than her and they keep bringing it up i'm like it's they're in their 30s. You're like, both consenting adults. No one gives a shit. And it's not even like, like, even like, okay, I could see four years being maybe a big deal if you were like mm-hmm. 20 and 24 because one of you is in college. And... I'm glad you didn't say 20 and 16. Oh, yeah. No, that would be a problem for a different reason. <laughs> but also, yes, that would be a problem. But like in the adult world, like 2024, 20, I'm like, okay, you're at different points in your life. But like, they're both in their 30s. They've both been married before. Like, they need to yeah. calm down. <laughs> yeah. If it was going to be, like, such a weird thing for them to mention, but something that, like, totally didn't even matter at all, why not just make them the same age? Right. But <laughs> like, there was a lot of that. Like, her whole thing about not having time. Not like, I don't have time. It, it didn't get resolved in any way. It wasn't like that was... She learned to, like, have time for things. That wasn't, like, no, the message of the book. No, she just continued to live a hectic she just life. just continued to not have time. Maybe it was Nicholas Sparks that didn't have time to flesh out his characters. <laughs> Gosh, I'm writing three books. That, actually, I feel like he doesn't... Does he write that many books, though? Like, I don't know. He's been writing I a long time. I think of, like, five. He's not like a James Patterson where he's got... Oh, yeah, he's certainly Where not I'm going to get Kindle alerts every yet. week for the rest of my life because I bought a James Patterson book once. Oh, my God. That okay, there's a Amazon, new James Patterson slow book. your roll. Like, we don't yeah. care. <laughs> Let me see. I'm going to look up. 
Okay, published works. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 22 books. He's written since 1990. Mm-hmm. So, that's, like, roughly a book a year. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not like... Yeah. And let's see, of those, how many were adapted into film and TV? Oh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And even more disturbing, there come, CW is coming out with an untitled The Notebook follow-up. Fantastic. Great. Why? Wanted Stop that. it. Need Stop it, it CW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so... Oh, God. I'm looking at his uh, headshot on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and his eyes are like staring into my soul it's very intense and i don't like it at all (laughs) stop it nicholas charles sparks obviously what that means is that you two are destined to be together and you need to move across the country to be with him no no i he lives in omaha no thank you (laughs) oh no that's just where he was born i was gonna say that's where uh what's her face was from in this book oh shit yeah which i only remember because on their second date when he makes her steak he says, and this is one of the things that I was like, this is such weird phrasing, and I don't understand why this is phrased that way. Let me find it real quick. Or I guess it's actually their third date because they go to the restaurant. But um, he says, I was thinking of cooking some steaks on the grill, but then I got to wondering if you ate things like that. Like, what is that? What? What does that mean? That's so weird. That, like, And then um, she responds like, oh, I grew up in Nebraska, so of course I like steak. And I'm like, but, okay, like, I would get it if you were like, Oh, are you a vegetarian? Yeah, or do you have any, like, But this is, like, the third time they've allergy. eaten together, so, like, that should have come up already. Yeah, like, when he first suggested seafood to her, and she wasn't, like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, like, it, it's very weird phrasing, and I'm just, like, what do you mean, eight things like that? It's not, like, it's not, like, Human like, food. Or do you eat pellets? Right. <laughs> are you on a liquid-only diet? Right. Or even, like, if you're, like, hey, I was thinking... You know, curry, do you like spicy food? Like, that would kind of make sense. Yeah. Do you like stuff like that? Like, that would make some sort of sense. Mm-hmm. But, like... I just don't know if you eat stuff like that. I don't know if you eat a grilled piece of meat. Like, no, I'm opposed. <laughs> unless she was, like, unless she was a vegan or a vegetarian, which we know she's yeah, not. Yeah, which you would together before. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, anyway. I don't know if he's heard normal people no. talk in a relationship. No. And it makes me very, like, just sad for his marriage, I guess. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> so, so they have their sailing date. She doesn't get murdered, unfortunately. Um, but she does conveniently, like, forget her jacket on his boat. Mm-hmm. And that's forget in quotations because she definitely did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then she calls him the next day being like, have you seen my jacket? And, of course, it's on the boat, so she has to go and retrieve it. And they have lunch, a beach walk, and then dinner, and then sex. Before they they ask the lunch thing, because kind of going with the jacket thing, mm-hmm. there's this whole part where she's, like, getting the jacket, and she's like, mm, what's good to eat around here, Garrett? And he's like... Oh, my gosh. It's so painful. And he's it's like, so oh, painful. there's, like, a good, you know, place to get, like, fish and, you know, some... Like, it's really good food. Like, it's great. It's fish. And I'm like, okay, you need to calm down. But then... Yeah. And she's like, yeah. oh, that sounds good. And then, like, just stares at him. And then he's like, do you <laughs> want me to come with? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. That'd be great. You can drive. And earlier it said something about, like, she didn't want to ask him out because she knew that would ruin it. And I'm like, this is so... This is so gross and, like, fucking heteronormative yeah. and shit and just, like, 
patriarchal and like I might be a little riled up because if you look at the date that this was recorded on it was a week before it was posted you can kind of see there's some stuff going on um but I was just like fuck Garrett fuck Garrett and fuck her for being like oh I can't possibly ask him out that would just ruin everything I need to stand here and awkwardly stare at him until he asks me to go to lunch with him like what is wrong with you I couldn't possibly yeah you're an adult my own sexuality you're an adult in your 30s and you have a 12 year old you need to grow up like this is insane well there was she also said something weird about sex earlier in the book. Let me yeah, see if I can find yeah. it. Because it really stuck out to me. It was weird. It's like she doesn't want to have sex unless there's emotions with it or something like that. Which, like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But the way it's, it's phrased is, like, again, just kind of, like, Teresa, you need to, like... Sex was too important, too special to be shared with just anyone. In fact, she had... Slept with only two men in her life. David, of course, which is her ex-husband, and Chris, the first real boyfriend she'd ever had. She didn't want to add to the list simply for the sake of a few minutes of pleasure. Like, uh... Right, like, it's like... Uh, why? Ugh, if I just hate that. If you are... I think it's the thing where she says she didn't want to add to the list. I'm like, okay, if mm-hmm. the reason was you legitimately don't want to have sex outside of a committed relationship because you feel that it's a very emotional thing for you and you need to have that stability. That's cool. I get it. Like, that's your choice. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you have sex with this guy like three minutes after meeting him. So number one. Um, but yeah. number two, like, if your reason is because you don't want your number to be higher, like, that's some mm-hmm. internalized misogyny, girl. You got to go work that out. Well, it's not even internalized because this was written by a man. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Which is. <laughs> I mean, the character. The character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The character misogyny. definitely. But yeah, Nicholas but Sparks also is Nicholas just Sparks like straight sucks. up misogyny though. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Mm. Gross. I could. Yeah, you just. I just can't. It's just so obvious that this was written by a man. <laughs> and that was the thing. I was like, why didn't he write from Garrett's perspective for the majority of this? Like, why did he even yeah. bother? Anyway. So, so they go yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah, and then they have lots of sex, and then they decide they want to try a long-distance relationship. Which, okay. Like, you guys have known each other. And literally, when, after the end of, because she says she's there for vacation, uh, Mm -hmm. because, you know, she doesn't have any time, but she has time to do this. Um, But But she has no vacation time time now. Um, But so she, like, at the end of this, he's like, I think I'm falling in love with you. And at first she's like, oh, cool, great, awesome. But then she gets home and she's like, oh, he thinks? He thinks Yeah, he's what the fuck is I'm that like, shit? Girl, you have known each other approximately five seconds. You need to pump the brakes yourself and you need to not yeah. be judging him for being like, maybe. Because yeah. you shouldn't even think that at this point, in my opinion. Y'all have, no, yeah. y'all have known each other literally seven days. Like Exactly. Yeah. He's allowed to not You're very be sure. much in the honeymoon period right. still. Right. <laughs> so they then like take part in what has to be one of the most expensive long distance relationships I've read about because they are just flying like the like buying their plane tickets the day of mm-hmm. and going to visit each other mm-hmm. in insanely large amount of times. Yes. I think. Like like it's <laughs> like Almost a year is the time from when she finds the bottle. Well, no, it's mm-hmm. more than a year, I think. Well, maybe not. I think it's like a year and a half, maybe. Because she goes back in the off Because they go through Thanksgiving. 
And, like, the summer vacation, the book starts on her summer vacation. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it gets all the way to past, like, Thanksgiving with him, but not quite till Christmas. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Okay, so it's, so. so it's like, not even a like, year. And they yeah seem to be flying back and forth at least once a month. Because anytime it's longer than that, Garrett starts whining about how he hasn't seen her in over a month. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I'm just like, how how long is this going on for? I don't know. It It was... A mess. And, and plane tickets were probably a lot cheaper then that's true. than they that's are true. now, comparatively. But like, and you didn't have to deal with airport security as much, so like you didn't have to get there too. three hours in advance. That's true. <laughs> but there's just like so many scenes of like Garrett, Garrett well, flies home early, and then Teresa immediately follows him. And or the first, you know, like the first uh, time that they meet back up is like a week later, yeah. and she brings her son. Hmm. Girl, like, Which stop. I, you know, normally you would think that, like, you wouldn't want to introduce your kid no. to your significant other until you were pretty sure yes. that they were going to be in your life for a long period of time. Or, um, just, but or, no, it's like, know, like later. literally knew what their middle name was because I'm sure they haven't even gotten to that point yet. <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like the standards, and that was the thing. I feel like the standards in general were so low in this book. Like, yeah, yeah. specifically for men. Um, sorry, we're back on this shit. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, from the beginning, when she's like, oh, David, the ex-husband, he wasn't a good husband, but he was a good father to Kevin. And I'm like, mm-hmm. was he, though? Was he? He seems yeah. pretty terrible. He immediately moved back to California after they broke up, which, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. not because he had a job out there or because he was getting married to someone out there. He moved out there just because that's where he was from originally. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. California's nice. The weather's probably better than Boston, but I don't know. Maybe move somewhere where you can see your kid more than once a year. And, yeah. and then it's talking about, like, the new family and whatever that he has. And it's like, oh, he has his new wife, Annette, or whatever, who gets along well with Kevin, but seems to be busy with the baby, so she can't really, like, deal with Kevin or whatever. And I'm like, if your kid is visiting you for six weeks and mm-hmm. – your new wife is busy with the baby and can't be like is still at the stage where she's busy with the the new kid and can't mm-hmm. like go on these trips that you're doing with your son like i don't know mm-hmm. like you need to take that baby for a while and let your kid bond with his stepmom you know like you can't just jet away to disneyland for 6 weeks <laughs> And leave your new wife <laughs> just with leave a new this woman baby. with a new baby. But that's baby. literally what's yeah. happening. Like that's literally what he's doing. I'm like, he's a terrible dad. Yeah. And then yeah, like, well, and then they said too, like at the beginning, like she found out he had been cheating. Mm-hmm. That Teresa found out that David had been cheating on her since five months into their marriage. Yeah, what? like okay, so he's just trash. He's like complete trash. Yeah, he's human garbage. <laughs> but like, and I mean, she doesn't give him a pass for the cheating thing. She's like, it was terrible. Right. But right. like. I don't know. He's not a good dad. Because also part of being a good dad is like, uh, like not treating the women you're with like shit because then you're modeling like mm-hmm. bad behavior for your son who's going to internalize mm-hmm. that and then treat the women he like, yeah. you know, like I'm like. Eh. But it's okay because he found Christ. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> <laughs> so he stopped being a womanizer and instead bundled well, all his love into Jesus. He stopped being a womanizer that we know of. <laughs> Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, he's not going to call up Teresa and be like, cheated on my wife, my new wife. Maybe you guys can talk about that and bond. But, like, also just, like, Garrett, the standards for him 
are just like so well let me let me find actually not even garrett let me find the just in general her list of her things. list of things yes because yeah. i know i let me find the note i took <laughs> must love my son is basically it yeah yeah literally the the note i t- i had the most for this book was the standards are so low um <laughs> she said okay so here's her list of things that she wants she wants not in a motorcycle gang because that was the thing Deanna was like teasing her about was like oh you wouldn't mind that right so she says not not in a motorcycle game gang um faithful cool. faithful um, that's that's fair. fair that's fair someone her age or close to it seems fine like okay handsome kind intelligent charming and spends time with Kevin mm-hmm. athletic she would uh, like to receive oh. flowers and that's it and she makes the comment several times that she wants her man to be a man yeah a real man a, a real, real man. man and I'm like okay but her res- the response Deanna gives is like okay so you want someone faithful charming handsome 30 something intelligent romantic athletic good with Kevin and uh, she's like yep and she goes, well, at least you're not picky. Like, uh, I don't feel like any of that is that No, picky. she wanted a decent person. Right, I'm like, okay, like, I could see athletic, that's kind of getting picky, but, like, intelligent, I'm sure, it's, like, intelligent. Okay, someone that is on, like, that she's not going to get bored in a conversation with. I'm sure she's not going to be, okay. like, you have to have an IQ of 135. Like, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, her age seems fine. Faithful obviously handsome that's subjective charming that's mm-hmm. subjective romantic okay so yeah the set that whole like oh i want him to send me flowers thing i'm like whatever but you know if you want that yeah you want that sure that's not that crazy of a list like that's no that's pretty that's, that's pretty, pretty standard normal. like and you know what like your best friend should be like you're right you do deserve right that. she shouldn't be like at least you're not picky bitch <laughs> you think no you, one will f- you think you can have all of that <laughs> you want someone who's good with your kid good luck like yeah you do realize you're a divorcee with a 12 year old you fool you stupid fool like, <laughs> you're almost 40 your worth as a woman has been in major decline since you were so low <laughs> <laughs> jesus fucking uh, garbage but yeah that was just like throughout this whole book just i was like nobody the the standards for being in a relationship are low the standards for like what you're looking for are low the standards for like what makes a good person are low because also haven't mentioned this yet Teresa's a piece of shit also she threw a fucking yeah. vase at her ex's head which is fucking abusive <laughs> like i get it he cheated but uh, like but also you trying to cause him like actual physical, physical harm. Bodily harm not okay you need a therapist did that to you right yeah like and that's the thing they laugh it off like, she tells Garrett this, and Garrett's like, ha, well, he deserved it. I'm like, you guys are terrible. You're terrible yeah, people. They're, they're not nice people. And maybe that's why they got they got along so well. I don't <laughs> they know. bonded over their shittiness. Yeah, like, he possibly killed several women. <laughs> um, and she also shows violent tendencies. Yeah. So he was like, maybe I can groom it's her. A, it's a, a Joker-Harley sort of situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Even though I even it. though Harley Poison Ivy is the uh, superior ship. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
So they go on this series of back and forth, like, she, so they go to Wilmington with, with her son, and they get scuba certifications, and that's a whole chunk of the book for some reason, like, in-depth, we have to do this to get our scuba yeah. certification. Well, that was, their whole relationship was him teaching her things. Like, yeah. literally every date they went on was, oh, I don't know how to sail. That's oh, okay, I'll show you how to sail. Oh, I don't know what type of fish this is to eat. Oh, it's okay, you can eat that fish. Oh, I don't know how to cook a steak. <laughs> Oh, I'll show you how to cook a steak. I don't know how to scuba dive. Oh, yeah, I'll show you and your dumb kid how to scuba dive. Like, that was their whole relationship. <laughs> That's true. She never taught him anything. Well, she tried the one time when she when they go to Boston, and she's like... Yeah, she took him to all the fancy places. I want to places. expand your horizon. He's like, this is crap. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I, I hate it. it. I'm never moving here, so fuck this. Like... Yeah, so which is, like, kind of a sign to me that maybe you guys are feeling really, like, physically attracted mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of basis for something mm-hmm. long term. But you know, whatever. This is the be all to end all relationship. You're right, Teresa and Garrett. <laughs> um, let's see. They do the back and forth, and then they're like, "I'm tired of this," because I guess like they made plans for Thanksgiving, and she had to bail last well, the- minute. I don't know because I like skimmed hardcore. The- I read like three the words a page for he has this with his dad. Where first he's like. I want to, I want us to, like, or he's, like, bummed out that she skips Thanksgiving, and his dad's like, well, <laughs> like a small child. Right. His dad's like, well, you're being petulant, and also, you should get married. And then, like, two days later, he's like, Dad, you're right, I'm going to marry her. And his dad's like, whoa, 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 pump well, the Hold brakes. on a second. Why do you want to marry her? And he's like, I thought you wanted me to marry her. And he's like, I just want to make sure you want to marry her for the right reason. It's so dumb. It's like literally Nicholas Sparks couldn't be bothered to create a second character for Garrett to talk to that would have a different opinion. Just have made Garrett's mom alive. Right. I don't know. And have the mom be like, y'all being insane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because this is the stupid thing. So, like, Garrett's mom died when he was young. And so... Like him, his father lost a wife. And so his dad is, like, trying to give him all of this advice about, like, you need to move on from her. This isn't what she would have wanted. You need to pursue Teresa because I think you'd be really well together. You shouldn't be scared of this. I'm here to push you into a new relationship. And then Garrett turns around and is like, well, how come you never got married again or had another woman in your life? And the dad's like, you think I could have found someone good enough to replace her? Right. Like, So, one, we're implying that, like, Catherine wasn't very good, Catherine I guess. was trash. She was just the Catherine worst. Catherine was trash. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and also that, like, why is your situation, like, why is that a, why is that a, why couldn't you just said like, I regret also, it? Also, like, Teresa does the reverse thing where she's talking to Garrett and she's like, you need to get over this. I've also had a relationship end, so we're the exact same, and I'm over it, so you need to be over it. And it's like, girl, his <laughs> wife died. Yes, in a very sudden and traumatic way. She was hit by a car and was also pregnant, and so she and the baby Something died. we find out like, slowly throughout the book in flashbacks. No, it's not slowly, because the second anyone, like, writes a female character suddenly not feeling well in the morning and feels completely fine by the afternoon i wonder what's going on pregnant that is not like a stretch of the imagination like that is not that is not a surprise twist like we knew immediately she was pregnant even before that when um when like multiple times they say like 
Deanna and Teresa are like, oh, I wonder if they have kids. Oh, they didn't mention it in the letter. I'm like, oh, I bet she was pregnant. And then later when it's mm-hmm. a flashback and like Catherine's like, I was going to my sister's wedding and one of the bridesmaids was pregnant and she didn't even fit her dress and it was just, it caused such a commotion and I just feel so unsettled. And I'm like, girl, you pregnant. <laughs> yeah. We get we, it. We got like, it. We get it. You're pregnant. This is like, you're not J.D. Salinger. Like, <laughs> We get it. You're pregnant. Like, Stop doing this to us. Stop torturing us. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's like um, really shitty to like, I don't like Garrett, but everyone's real shitty about his wife dying. And yes, they're like, get over it. <laughs> like at least like, and, and, and I know both deaths are very traumatic, but like his mother had cancer. They would have been able to prepare mm-hmm. for that in some right. way, emotionally and physically, whatever. With a car accident, though, like, you don't see that coming whatsoever. She had just told him she was pregnant and then goes out and gets hit by a car. Uh, But stayed alive long enough that she was at the hospital and he, like, held her hand while she died just to add, like, more trauma to it. That I didn't care about. Right. I mean, who cares? like, (laughs) over it. (laughs) Oh, man. So, um, Garrett, on one of his trips to Boston, just suddenly asks Teresa to move to Wilmington. And she's like, um, I have a life here with my son who goes to school here and is in a lot of events and things. Let me, and let me just think about it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go take a step out, be by myself for a second, get some wine, think about what you've said and we'll come back Mm -hmm. and discuss it. And Garrett's like, that's unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be pouty about it. And goes, like, creeping through all of her stuff and finds the letters and gets super skeeved out. Because Teresa hasn't brought them up this entire time. Right. Which is very weird. (laughs) (laughs) I hate any, like, rom-com, romance novel, whatever, where the premise is we're going to meet and I'm going to lie to you about the situation that we met. You know? I hate it's that so, so much. I hate it. Gross. I'm like it is very it's, gross. Uh, and he's like he's not this is the thing. They're both terrible people. He's not great either cuz he's being a little shithead and he's like going through her shit, but like also, girl, why do you still have those? <laughs> yeah, why didn't you like shred them or leave them at or work throw them or away. You just... throw them away? Just do something else with them. Like they're all in print. <sighs> oh man. And, like, did she think he was never going to find out about that? Like, I guess. I'm sure her column is in syndication. Like, yeah. I, I thought that he was going to mm-hmm. see it in mm-hmm. one of the Wilmington newspapers. That's what I thought was going to happen. That is, I was going to be like, oh, it's weird oh. that you gave Teresa that letter to Catherine to print in her column. Oh, that would have been good. Right. Too. That would have been. See? <sighs> but no, it was just he snooped through a shit no. and found it. So th- yeah. they get in a fight. Yeah, and he just leaves. Um, but it's okay because Teresa follows him immediately. Um, and they <laughs> have makeup sex. Bit. Yeah, they have makeup sex, and then she breaks up right. with him. Lol. Right. Like what? She's like, it just you're clearly not over Catherine, and it's like, mm-hmm. girl, you're not over Catherine. That's, that's why it upset you so much. It's because you're not over her. No, I mean, I'm kind of on Garrett's side. It was a little bit of an invasion of privacy that you took his. Life yeah, no, it was creepy. Like you shouldn't have done like, that. You, <laughs> yeah so um he's all sad sack about it and it's like it's so weird though because they had this big fight and then they just show up and immediately embrace mm-hmm. 
and, have and then sex. break like, up. There's no conversation about this is no. why we argued or like I'm sorry I did that. Also, to you, doesn't she show or... up at his dad's house? <laughs> No, I think his dad is just at oh, his okay. house. But his dad is there. Yeah, his dad is there. Which is and like, I definitely, mm-hmm, I might have been because I was skimming, but I don't recall his dad leaving. He does, he does. Okay. He, See, he says I, goodbye. I missed that, so I was definitely like picturing <laughs> them upstairs. Quietly sitting yeah, in the kitchen. He's just like, like sipping his tea, mm. like, well, I'm not needed now. They haven't asked me to leave. <laughs> oh... So, <laughs> so some time passes, and Teresa gets a call from Garrett's dad. This is like maybe a month mm-hmm. or two. I yeah. don't know. And he calls her, and he says, hey, can you just come to Wilmington? Because there's something important I need to tell you. <laughs> what? Okay. First of all, this, <laughs> this, you, should, you should lead with the reason they should come visit you because it's kind of a long trip from Boston <laughs> right, to North Carolina right. for her to make sure at the moment. But sure. Secondly, the news is that LOL Garrett died. <laughs> like, <laughs> you should also tell her that on the phone before she gets comes to Wilmington and is like expecting to see him. So, but also, what happened? What? Here's the thing. Like, what could she have possibly thought the news was going to be? Like, he's yeah, like, it's like, why would you be like, okay, I'm totally fine with this. You met this, <laughs> this man one time. You dated his son yeah. for, like, a few months and had, like, a bad breakup. Uh, yeah. What what world are you living in where the news isn't, like, literally the only reason I can think of for an ex's <laughs> father to call me is if that ex is dead. Like. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. even then, like, probably not. <laughs> or like, it was like X had an STD, and he didn't mm. want to tell mm. anybody, so I'm telling. But even you. that, I'm. But like, also, again, that hope. is just that you don't have to come to the person. And I would hope if my ex's father was like, my child had an STD, and I need to tell you about it. I really would appreciate it. Just okay for anyone I might date in the future, for anyone's parents, anyone. <laughs> just, a PSA. just so you know. If it turns out your child has an STD and you know that we were dating and you're worried about my health, please tell someone else to tell me. Please do not make that call yourself. Don't make it a don't make it any more traumatic. Right. Like I don't want to hear please. that from my ex's dad. Please. <laughs> uh, what if your ex's dad called your parents and then your parents? Oh my called god. Them? Would that be <laughs> you worse? Made it worse. <laughs> I don't know. Just send me, so, like, literally send me a, a message in a bottle. That would be the best way to do it. Just be like, I've done my duty. states, I guess we'll just yep. throw it into a wheat field and see if it ends up anywhere near you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so this is how Garrett died. <laughs> he, so stupid. He went out sailing while there was a storm on the horizon. Because he had written a letter to his dead wife explaining that he was in love with Teresa or some shit. And he was moving on from her and just wanted to let her know. So he puts it all in a bottle and he's going to drive out to sea the same path he took every time he threw a bottle out to sea. Except for the storm is moving really fast and his boat gets caught up in it, capsizes, 
And he starts to swim to shore, but his clothes and his shoes are weighing him down. And I guess he drowns because they find his body a couple days right. later. Which, like, <laughs> the dad is telling her this. He's like, there was a storm at sea. Garrett was caught in it. And she's like, oh. Is he oh, dead? No. She's like, oh, <laughs> what happened? And he's like, well, they found him today. And she's, well, where and she's is like, he? oh, is he at the hospital? <laughs> Girl. Nobody would call you to come down here if that was what the situation was. He was obviously dead. Oh my god. They found his body. So stupid. Okay, but like, was he still alive? Oh Oh my my god, God. she's She's so dumb. dumb. She's so dumb. There was like... I thought, I honestly thought it was just a joke that all of Nicholas Sparks' no, books ended with they the main all character end dying. with someone dying. But this was such a stupid, pointless mm-hmm. death. Like, this book, I would have had so much more respect for this book if it had just ended. It was just like a snapshot of a relationship mm-hmm. that they thought was going to be really awesome and then ended poorly. Like, that's... That in itself is a good enough story. Well, we don't need to tack on. Well, not the way this was. It's written. good. At, not the way this was written. In the hands of a more talented author, that would have been a good enough story. But then this death was just tacked on to the end, like some sort of sick tragedy porn. I don't understand why it was necessary. He could have. They could have just never spoken again. And it no, literally would have been someone exactly must the same. die. In order for sparks to be satiated. (laughs) We must sacrifice another character to the monster of sparks. Oh my god. But yeah, so then like at the very end, she's like, she goes and writes her own message to Garrett and puts it in a bottle. A year later at Cape Cod and throws it out to sea. And it's like, oh, journey came full circle. Good good times nothing changed her life is literally exactly the same as it was a year ago except she has this like sad blip except now she's even sad oh, and she knows how to scuba dive <laughs> and she knows and so they had her and her son go to key west right. to scuba dive. <laughs> so good for her i guess yeah i mean that's a new hobby now that she can attract but how will she have time for scuba diving she i just don't have time, time. <laughs> oh it was so it was so bad i literally i did not think it was gonna be this bad no i thought it would be like somewhat trashy but i thought it would be actually sad like i thought i would cry but i'm like yeah i thought there would be yeah it was hilarious i busted out laughing when i read that he died like oh i mean like i knew it was coming but i didn't know which one it was gonna be you know could have been her could have been this is how he I think I learned to live again or whatever was through yet another person he loved dying. But no. Uh, I thought it was going to be Kevin for a while because she like went on and on so much about how like perfect Kevin was and how great Kevin and was. And his schedule and how yeah. perfect, just such a great son he was and how she really needed a man that was good I with think, her son. I don't think Nicholas Sparks kills kids though. I think it's almost always... That's the. Put that on the back of your next doesn't book. Doesn't kill kids. Sparks. I don't think he kills kids. I'm pretty kids. sure there's one, and I've seen the movie of it. I'm pretty sure there's one that ends with the romantic interest, and it's a very notebooky situation where, like, they knew each other in childhood, and then they grew apart, and then she ended up with someone else, and then they got back together. But like, so the romantic interest dies, and I, I could be making this up. If anyone knows which book this is, please at me. Um. But 
I think there's one where the romantic interest dies and they use his organs for her kid. <laughs> mm. <laughs> to save her kid's life mm. or something. I think. Mm. <laughs> so I think, like, Ooh. kids are... I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's, it's definitely there's something with, like, organ donation in it. And I feel like... My lover is inside you, child. Well, that was kind of in this, too. Like, every time Kevin, like, when it was from Garrett's perspective of Kevin, it was like, oh, he looks just like Teresa. And Teresa looked so beautiful. I'm like, what is this? Like, there was, it was just, like, always weirdly, like, because, of course, he's always talking about how beautiful Teresa is. That was another one of the ones that I highlighted that I was like, this is just so weirdly phrased. And if someone said this to me, I would break up with them instantly. Where he was like, you're so beautiful. You are the most beautiful woman who got off the plane. And I'm like, what? Oh. What? Like, okay. That's weird. Why did you feel the need to tell me that? Because he just talks like a right. child. They're like two teenagers in their first relationships. It's so like... Also, I looked up while we were talking about killing kids. I looked up Charlie St. Cloud mm. because I thought the kid mm. died in that. Um, it's not written by Nicholas Sparks. Good. <laughs> it's a Nicholas Sparks book, but it's not a Nicholas I'm Sparks. I'm glad book. we. It's a Ben Sherwood book. I'm glad we solved that one. So that'll be going on our list of books to read eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah, but we might like it. Who knows? Uh, it can't be as bad as this crap. Uh, so. Oh, my God. What if. Was, did, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to ask that. It was Nasty Heart Garbo, but did you have a silver lining? I honestly thought, here's the thing. I had two, and I had to discard one halfway through because it turned out my original silver lining is going to be this distracted me from the hot garbage fire that is our nation. But Ah, it ended up not doing that because a lot of things in it reminded me of it. It just proved the problem had been so pervasive for so long. So my actual silver lining (laughs) is um, that this book made me grateful for online dating. (laughs) although i might get frustrated with tinder and hinge and whatever else um is the you know dating app du jour i never feel as Teresa does in this book where she's like there are just no people in my area who could possibly be like who could possibly fit my needs just it's impossible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if anything i feel like there are too many people near me that would you know be okay to date so like this made me grateful that that is a technology that exists that i do not have to resort to picking glass bottles off the beach and hoping that someone wrote a sad letter to their dead wife (laughs) and then stalking them so that was mine how about you bless the internet um mine was boring i liked reading about north carolina oh yeah 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 that was the one thing when they were like um debating where they should move Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, I've got a mm-hmm. son. I've got a job. I'm like, yeah, but he's got a beach house, man. <laughs> he's got a beach house and you are thinking about staying in Boston? Boston? Like, come on. Like, I know you got Dunkin' Donuts up there, but he's got, he's a, got a beach, beach house. house. <laughs> like, on the beach. And that area is super mm-hmm. gorge. Um, I can, I can um, definitely... I lost my train of thought. Shit. Attest to how? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely attest to that because I got married on a beach in North yeah. Carolina in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we often vacation mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, I agree. That mm-hmm. was fun. I like that. Yeah. I was like, I know these mm-hmm. words. 
these places. Yeah. I lived near Chapel Hill for a while. Yeah. That's where that's where Garrett went to college. Mm, I picked up on that too. I was like, oh, I've mm-hmm. seen signs from there when visiting Anna <laughs> uh, back in the I, day. Yeah, I desperately want to move back to North Carolina. I love, I love it. Mm. It's beautiful, beautiful yeah. place. So, um. Did you relate to anybody in this book? No, no I tried. I tried. Really <laughs> I think hard. Kevin. No, no one. Kevin this was the closest, was just for the one line where he was yeah. like, "Is my mom ever not going to be sad?" And I'm like, "Yeah, is she? No, probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. But yeah, everything else was garbage. <laughs> she was cursed. Everything she touched turned to, to garbage. It was, it was rough. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm, she's just going to now be the helicopter mom who still like drives up every weekend to see mm, her at college. Yeah, I'm yeah. so sorry. And she's going to like talk about how. Like, you're the one true love of my life, Kevin. Oh, she did say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. She did. She said, because huh, I highlighted it. Cause I was like, <laughs> um, Her feeling for Kevin was a mother's love. Probably the deepest, most holy love Gross. there is. Gross. <laughs> 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 you're, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, she's going to become too emotionally um, dependent on her son. And she's going to write his name in his underwear mm. and, like, be, like, all up in his future relationships. So I feel really bad for his future partner. Oh, just... oh, but also, there was a line in this book, speaking of his future relationships, where um, Garrett was, like, I think in his letter to Teresa at the end, because, mm-hmm. like, he writes one to Catherine, and then he also writes one to Teresa. Um, yes, yes. And, like, in it, he's like, I can't wait in- to watch Kevin grow up, because, of course, he has to, you know, be super into Kevin because that's one of her things that she wants. He's like, I can't wait to watch Kevin grow up. And when he finally walks down the aisle to get married, I'm like, what is the finally? Like, why, why are you acting like, Uh, like that phrasing? Like, I'm like, it would have been weird, but fine. If you were like, Oh, and watching him walk down the aisle to get married. But the finally, like you're all waiting for this 12 year old to get married. It's like, he's 12. He's 12. Let Let him him, like, yeah, weird stink and be go through right. puberty and, and stuff. And stop like, worrying about if he's ever gonna get married or not. Like <laughs> Get off my back, Garrett. You're dead. <laughs> You're not my real dad. You're my dead dad. <laughs> You're my dead dad. You're my drowned dad. Although like honestly, can you imagine in like ten years from now, like Kevin is twenty three, he's like just graduated college, he maybe brings some girl back. And, like, his mom mm-hmm. still has a fucking picture of, like, Garrett up on the wall or something. Oh, and my his, God. His girlfriend's like, a shrine to him. Um, Who's that? Is that, like, your stepdad? And he's like, eh, is this my scuba instructor from when I was 12? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it, it was a weird situation. Yeah. He visited us a lot. It like, was, <laughs> yeah. Or, like, in 20 years, Teresa would be like, hey, Kevin, do you remember that one time you saw Garrett? <laughs> Who? 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 You know, the love of my life, Garrett. <laughs> what, Mom, what are you talking uh, about? Are you sure, Mom? Mom? Oh, God. Do we have to take you to the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> You're too young for this, Mom. Oh, man. All right. So uh, um, what would you have rather read this week? What's your rather be reading? Well, my rather be reading is my library loan came in mm-hmm. finally so crazy rich asians mm-hmm. by kevin mm-hmm. that was i was actually considering that for this to be my rather be reading because yeah because it's like kind of a romantic book i don't know how it ends i've so. only re- seen the movie i really want to read the book so mm-hmm. rather be reading it but mm-hmm. um 
the thing I like about that movie, and I assume the book too, is that the couple is very like like a real couple who gets through situations by talking it out and oh working my God, together. Thank you, thank you. I hate, I hate, hate, hate when couples don't talk to each other. It's so frustrating. All of the the stuff that they go through is like external, and it's never like them being stupid and not communicate. Right. At least in the again in the movie, it's not like they're stupid and don't communicate or like he's like choosing There's other no people misunderstandings yeah yeah and it's not yeah. just like them being mad at each other for no reason you know thank god i just hate that trope so much mm-hmm. it drives mm-hmm. me crazy it's like this book had like two tropes that i hate one which is like a cheating relationship um that propels the plot and then also just like not talking to each other very well yeah um, and then I also said Landline by Rainbow Roll mm. because that kind of has like a similar feel to it. Like there's a couple that's uh, having a not so great time in their relationship and mm. then, but that one has a happier ending, I believe. So mm. if you want a happily ever after, probably go after that one. Yeah. <laughs> or any Rainbow Roll book. I know we've talked about her before, but mm-hmm. she's just so good. <laughs> How about you? Oh, no. Well, no, you said maybe Crazy Rich Asians, but what's your real one? Yeah. Um, well, I had, like, a lot this week because mm. I just have a lot that I really would, like, on my TBR list. But the yeah. one I eventually settled on as my pick. Was The Perfect um, Letter by Chris Harrison. Yes. <laughs> You're right. That's it. Actually, that one was better than this. But, yes, go on. Um, okay, so it's it's kind of a stretch. But it's this – so I just read this book that um has a lot of romance in it Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like this where the plot of this is essentially person finds a thing that doesn't belong to them and then goes on a quest to deal with that that's essentially the plot of this book i just read which is the gentleman's guide to vice and virtue by Mackenzie lee Ah, i have Um, good things about that so i want to read my rather reading is the sequel slash companion novel which is uh i think it's the Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy. So mm. the first one is essentially this kid. Well, he's 18 and he is going on his tour of the continent. And it's like 1700s England slash the continent. Um, and he's bringing his best friend and his sister with him. And then he has to go home and run the estate. And he's very bummed out about it for various reasons. And it deals with a lot of stuff, including... Mm-hmm gayness mm-hmm. race relations mm-hmm. asexuality mm-hmm. uh class disparity too class disparity a yeah. little bit but not as much i think mm-hmm. um a little it's it's more of a race thing i think than a oh, class okay. thing and a gay thing than a oh, class I thing um, I, yeah i've only just heard about it I hadn't read yeah it, so. and um disability it deals with uh Dang. abuse like parental abuse so there's like a lot of this really book is doing a lot of work yeah there's a lot of like really heavy themes that i think yeah. don't always end up in like period pieces because people are like oh well that's not accurate like people didn't have you know black yeah. people didn't exist in europe like mm-hmm. which everything is... was just totally vanilla right um there were no gay people before you know the <laughs> 60s like yeah it was invented by the <laughs> right. counterculture um so like it avoids all of that and it's also like very charming and endearing and funny and like a huh. cute fun read where it's like they're 
there's adventure and there's romance and uh-huh. there's dealing with all this heavy stuff, but not to the point where it's like despair, despair, despair. So like it's pretty much the exact opposite of this where like nice. The, this book deals with nothing but is all despair, despair, despair. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that was that's my my pick for uh, awesome. this fortnight. I might have to I might have to write read that because I was kind yeah, of on it the fence really about good. it, but yeah, it sounds I good. I enjoyed it a lot. It was and it was like a quick read. It's a YA, um, mm-hmm, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's fun. It's a quick read. Excellent choice. Yeah, so that's my pick. Um, and speaking of picks, that pretty <laughs> yeah. much wraps it up for this fortnight. Yeah. Next fortnight. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited about this book. <laughs> uh, so next fortnight we're going to be doing a rewind. Oh no! Shoot. Oh yeah, right. it's not your turn. It's not my turn. <laughs> Shit! Now I have to wait. Okay, but I am excited about the book I'm going to pick, you guys. Great, great, good teaser for uh, the next one. Oh. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be doing a rewind. So we just did Da Vinci Code was Anna's high school hate read. So mm-hmm. we're going to be doing my high school hate read, and this one is going to be a little bit different because I actually think we might like this book. What? And we'll get into the reasons why I hated this in high school when we get to that episode. But and I'm also going to give you a choice in picking this book because there's two of them that would both work um, okay okay so it's exciting. gonna our next episode is gonna be coming out around halloween and this book is perfect Ooh, for that scary. so my question to you is werewolves or vampires oh my gosh that's so hard because like i'm kind of over let's just do werewolves kind let's of over were- vampires let's do okay. werewolves so then in that case we're going to read Blood and Chocolate what? by Annette Curtis Klaus. What? Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay, so um, the other one that was a possibility was The Silver Kiss, which is a vampire one. Okay. Um, there is a movie. Movie, I don't think, was very well received, but... Okay. Yeah, it's got uh, 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. So hopefully the book is better than that, but I did not like the book as a high schooler. And okay. we will talk about why. But essentially, it is about a girl who is a werewolf in a pack of werewolves, and she gets a crush on a boy who's not a werewolf. Oh. Um, so we will be getting into that next a fortnight. A meat boy. A meat boy. <laughs> Reading the description. And she falls in love with a human. A meat boy. <laughs> we will either uh, confirm my high school beliefs that it is shitty here's the thing we will either hate it for different reasons than why i hated it in high school mm-hmm. or it mm-hmm. might end up being good but either way we will be talking about it next fortnight and it's only 264 pages yeah I'm it's a down. quick one so y'all can read along if you want please do okay so that's pretty much it for this episode if you know which nicholas sparks novel involves the love interest donating his organs to a uh, small child please tweet at us you can uh tweet at us at hate readcast or email us hateredcast at gmail.com yeah and give us other uh nicholas sparks books that aren't nicholas sparks books yeah 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 i really want this genre to become a thing <laughs> As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can find a link to his YouTube in the show notes below. Yes. And um, if you are listening to us, which you are, you should subscribe (laughs) to us on whatever platform it is you're using to um, aggregate all of your podcasts. And if it is on iTunes, leave us that five-star review so that more people can find out about us. 
Also, if you have been listening to us on a uh, app that you dislike but would have liked to be listening to us on Spotify, we are on Spotify now. So <gasps> just FYI. That's fancy. We're like a real podcast now. We're on Spotify. <laughs> Dang. Uh, they lowered their standards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. We are there with the likes of Serial, This American Life. Yeah. In the words of Nicholas Sparks, I was running so fast, I almost wet my pants. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? I have never run so fast, I felt like I was going to pee. <laughs> he's not a good writer. He's not a good writer, and he's also not good at his bodily functions. <laughs> But uh, a while ago on Twitter, there was like some debate going around in the romance writing community about Nicholas Sparks. Yes. And, oh, there's a man. There's a man oh, entering. Michael, thank you for the food delivery. <laughs> mm. Maybe now you'll say something nice about me. No. <laughs> uh, and then the dog barfed. Great. I'll let you get out. Well, there's our I'll stinger. I'll you get out. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll try to talk a little bit so you can. Eat no, no, no. Freedom. You're fine. You're fine. Just I'll be very quiet, and then you can mute all my <laughs> yum yum yum. <laughs> so many mouth noises. <laughs> At least it's soft and not crunchy. 